to the Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I am just really enjoying calling Tuesdays Seek the Joy Tuesday and I just I think it's going to continue um, for the foreseeable future. But I am just so excited about today's episode and I'm even more excited to introduce you all to today's guest. On today's episode is Kelly Boyles and Kelly won the 2017 Calling All Dreamers competition up in Sacramento for Milk House Shakes and she's going to be opening up her first storefront in Old Town Sac in early 2018. Milk House Shakes will feature milkshakes named and themed after U.S. presidents which is just so Kelly. She has always had a love for U.S. history and milkshakes and it's just so cool to see her idea and passion really come to life. Kelly and I met at USC. She was my new member educator when I first joined my sorority and Kelly is just one of the kindest, most caring, dedicated people that I know and this was just such a cool opportunity for me to talk to her about her journey and what it was like entering and going through the Calling All Dreamers competition, the process in developing the Milk House Shakes concept, and we just had a really good, honest conversation about balance and staying grounded and how when you're starting a new business, um, it's really hard to do all of those things. We also talk a little bit about showing kindness and showing grace to yourself and others and when there's something you want to do, jump in and just do it. It's about not thinking twice when there's something that you're really excited about and it's just about taking that deep dive and going for it and not living with any regrets. I just loved this conversation with Kelly and I hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm just so excited for Kelly. I'm so excited to see Milk House Shakes when it opens next year and who knows, there may be a store in your neighborhood before you know it. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to make sure that you are subscribed to the Seek the Joy podcast. So, Wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, I know I'm missing a couple of others, but wherever it might be, make sure that you are subscribed. That way, whenever a new episode of the podcast drops, you're the first one to know about it. Okay, and last thing, and then I promise we're jumping into today's episode. If you could, leave a quick rating and or review for the podcast on Apple iTunes. I have just so enjoyed reading and seeing your feedback for this podcast and a review on Apple iTunes would really help the Seek the Joy podcast out. So I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much again for being here. I know I say that every week, um, but I am just having an absolute blast making and creating this podcast and connecting with so many wonderful people and there are just so many wonderful interviews and episodes coming out in the next couple of months that I'm just so excited about so all right that's it I promise thanks again guys and here is my conversation with Kelly just so excited about milk house shakes and this competition that you entered so yeah let's just dive in and talk about it so you won the calling all dreamers competition maybe you want to talk a little bit about what that competition is and yeah totally so um sacramento the downtown partnership hosts this 
competition called Calling All Dreamers. And it's a way to kind of, just to kind of generate, you know, more business and the entrepreneurial spirit. And so this was, I believe, the fifth or sixth year that they ran it. And it's open to people who've already started a business or maybe they have an online business and they want to transition to like a brick and mortar. And so I, um, I remember actually one of the, the very first winner is this place called Andy's candy and it's downtown. And I used to be an advisor for a at UC Davis when I first moved back home. And so we had an advisor's like night out at his candy shop and they do, um, he did candy tastings. I remember him telling us about this competition and I remember thinking, I need to remember that because I want to do milkshakes and that could be my way to do it. So it's pretty cool. So, you know, I entered back in March. The application process is pretty straightforward and I had to come up with a video and submit a business plan and then we get to round two and then we're given a business mentor who helps us kind of uh, redo our business plan and fine tune it. And then we do a like practice uh, Shark Tank style presentation, which was pretty crazy, pretty exciting. And, um, we make it to the third round and it's open to public vote. And then we do our final like shark tank presentation for the judges. And then they announce the winner and this year it was me. So it's pretty crazy. It's so crazy. And so I feel like it happened really quickly too. Did you have this idea for milk house shakes for a long time or was it something that you just kind of came up with and and decided, okay, this is, this is something I want to pursue and, and enter into the the competition. Um, yeah, well, definitely I've had it for, gosh, I've had it for a long time. It kind of starts when I was young, we always used to go to milkshake, um, this milkshake place in Modesto with my grandparents. And I, so I've always loved milkshakes. And then at USC, as you know, there's ground zero. And I tell every single person I know that they have the best milkshakes. <laughs> they do and I, It's true. <laughs> I mean, they're delicious. I still dream of the bomb.com. It was their coffee Oreo shake. Oh my God. And I like, I want one right now as I speak. So it was kind of there. I used, I just kind of started formulating like, wow, I really want to do milkshakes. And when I was there for grad school, my coworkers and I, we went like once a month. And actually when I moved back home, they threw me a surprise milkshake party going away. Oh my God. Which is kind of funny to think about now. So my idea kind of started there. I originally wanted it to be a food truck. And then, um, so when I first entered this competition in March, I was like, just going to enter to network. I thought, you know what? I really just want a food truck. Let me just enter to like meet some people and go from there. And then, um, my friend Kyle, who did my video for the competition, we were talking one day and he goes, you know, you're, you know, why would you invest time and money if you don't actually want to go for it? You should really go for, just go for the store. And I was like, Hmm, you're right. Okay. So I did. And now it's funny because it does, it seems like I've had this idea for years, but it did happen quickly. And it does, it seems kind of surreal. Like when I won, I called my parents and well, when they first called to tell me I won the competition, I started laughing. I thought, <laughs> crap, that is like, that is a terrible way to start this out. Like I'm laughing <laughs> when they announce it. And then I called my parents and then my mom started laughing and she goes, you know, I'm not She goes, I'd be more surprised if you lost, but it's still very surprising. And I was like, I know. I feel the exact same way. It was very like, holy crap. Like, here we are. Here we go. I mean, I can only imagine, especially because you entered the competition kind of figuring, you know, you sort of have nothing to lose, right? And you just were entering, Mm -hmm. you know, to see what would happen. And I've, I've sort of found when you start things and you sort of have that mentality and you don't put too much pressure on yourself, that's when, I don't know, I think things sort of happen. And I think it goes to show, you know, when you take that sort of pressure off of yourself and you just follow your passion and 
you know, go with your gut and, and do what it, some, what, it, what it is that you are excited about, the results can really surprise you. Completely, like 100%. It's like when you go in for a job interview, I remember my cousin gave me this um, advice. Like he goes, I know you need the job, but just act like you don't. And so it's kind of like the same mentality of like, I really wanted this. Um, and I think just kind of going into it with no expectation and kind of with like, I have zero business background, like completely zero. My business mentor asked me 10% of a hundred. And I, for a second, I, for a second, I panicked. I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's 10. Um, but let me, let me pull out my calculator on my phone and, and double check real quick for you. My business, I can't do basic math, but um, it's just that idea of like completely out of my element, no idea what I'm doing, but just with a passion and the mentality of like, okay, we'll figure it out as we go. Let's do this. It, it is amazing how things open up and how things work out and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you and I were talking about you coming on the podcast and I was telling you, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going for it. And, and you, we, you and I sort of had the same conversation then, which was, you know, it's about enjoying the process and going through it and mm -hmm. you have nothing to lose. And sometimes the best ideas come out of situations where you really have no idea what you're doing. Obviously you have loved milkshakes for as long as you can remember. But what about the U.S. history kind of twist or spin to it? What inspired you to have, you know, milkshakes with presidential themes? Well, I'm I'm a history major. I was a history major. And so I've always loved U.S. history. And it really stems from my um, AP U.S. history teacher in high school. Like I, I wrote him a letter when I graduated college thanking him because it was just my favorite class. And I love that history is something that you can learn on your own. You don't need, you know, it's not like physics or calculus, right. which is like, dear Lord, help us all. I don't, it's like a different ball game. I don't even understand. Yeah, one that I'm not about to enter into anytime soon. No, not at all. So I just love that history was just something that, you know, you can, even like now I'll read something and I'll just like go to my computer and kind of like do a quick search on it even. Like, it's just kind of cool that you can teach yourself. And so I've just always loved it. I've always loved Abe Lincoln. My mom was a big Abe Lincoln fan too. I remember she read Team of Rivals and was like, this is the best book. And then I finally read it and was like, wow, this is the best book. And um, so I just knew I kind of wanted to incorporate the two somehow because I wanted to teach, but the idea of teaching for the rest of my life kind of freaked me out in a way of, mm -hmm. can I do that every day? Can I teach every day for the next 30 years? And then I kind of was like, nope, nope, I can't do that. So this kind of gave me a way of being able to do milkshakes and kind of have that social interaction of meeting people and talking with a bunch of different people, but yet also being able to kind of teach through the shake. So it's just kind of a cool way to combine the two. And I just knew that like, okay, I'm going to have a milkshake shop. Well, all right, it's just a milkshake. How is it different? Like, how am I going to sell it? So I think the history part is really what sells it more so than the actual shake itself. So yeah. my goal is that people come more for almost like the experience or more just to learn or see what it's about versus the shake. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such a good point. What really sets you apart is this, is how you have incorporated U.S. history and your shakes go back to things that, you know, were their preferences. Like mm -hmm. I remember reading, I think it was the George Washington shake, which is, it had like vanilla ice cream in it, right? And mm -hmm. I think it was like apple pie and yeah. Barack Obama shake. And that one had like a twist about his Hawaiian roots. And so mm -hmm. I think, you know, you're incorporating so much of U.S. history into these shakes. And it is a learning experience for a lot of people because I think for a lot of us, you know, you don't spend time thinking about 
our U.S. presidents or our history in general. And so to have a shop or a place where they can go and and learn a little bit more and also enjoy a really good milkshake, I think is a really great concept. And I'm not surprised either that you won. And I think it's going to be so great that this location is going to be in downtown Sacramento. It's going to be in old Sacramento. So it's just on the other side of the freeway. So it's still part of the downtown partnership, like the grid, right? which is really nice. But um, for those, I know there's gonna be a lot of people listening who aren't from Sacramento, but so we have this place, old Sacramento, and it's really quirky and really cool. And it's really like an old town. Like they do um, gold rush days is back in September. And, you know, they dress up and then they kind of transform it into like an old gold rush settlement. And so like, it's really historical. And there's like, a lot of quirky, like kitschy shops there. So it really kind of fits into the theme and the atmosphere. So it's really a big uh, tourist area as well. So it's like really cool. But then I'm also just, you know, short walking distance to the capital and to downtown. And we have this new arena for the King. So it's like, there's still a lot of hustle and bustle from downtown, but yet in its own little historical enclave. Yeah, totally. I remember the last time I was in Sacramento and I was walking around Old Town and it sort of has this like almost wild, wild west feeling totally. to it, you yeah. know what I mean? And so I think it fits in, like you said, perfectly with the theme. What What is your favorite milkshake? Well, my favorite milkshake is the Abe Lincoln and it's the Oreo shake. And a lot of people ask me, why is he the Oreo? Is it because he, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation um, and I was like, no, although that is really good, but it honestly, it's, he's, it's my favorite shake and he's my favorite president. So that's really how I camp with that. And like, same thing with, um, George Washington. I don't really like cherry flavor. And so everyone's asking me, how come he's not like cherry? Cause of the cherry tree. And I was like, because I don't like it. And I'm realizing that that can't, that's not a good enough reason. I can't start a, <laughs> a food business based on only my preferences. Um, my favorite one is Abe Lincoln, but I've had a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed making George Washington because I made it once with some friends and, you know, trying to get like the textures and stuff. It's surprisingly, I mean, milkshakes are surprisingly easy to make, but then it's also, if you want it to be good, it does take practice and like balancing of flavors and ingredients. And so finding out how to make that and actually making a homemade, I made a homemade apple pie filling. Um, that I used in the shake. And so that was just like fun to make. And it made me feel very, I love to bake as a side hobby as well. So it's really cool. I kind of thought I could incorporate both. I think that's really great that you can sort of incorporate the best of both worlds and you're continuing to develop different milkshake flavors. Do you plan to have a flavor for every president? Eventually I would. Um, so right now on my website, I think I have 12. And when I open the store, I think I'm going to have it's still kind of in the fine-tuning process, too, and streamlining of flavors. But my goal is to have about, like, six regular ones and then rotate other ones in. So, like, for instance, the Andrew Johnson shake is the impeachment shake. So it's a peach shake because he was the first president impeached or voted on impeachment. And so um, – but peaches aren't in season year-round. So that will probably be more of, like, a summertime shake. And then um, uh, Warren G. Harding – was president during the Teapot Dome scandal, which I'm going to go on a little tangent here because it was the coolest political scandal of American <laughs> history and kind of considered the very first one. And I have this really good book on it. So if anyone wants to know, let me know and I'll pass it on because it's absolutely fascinating. And so he's a chai tea shake in the fall and winter months. And then in the spring and summer months, he'll be the green tea shake. Oh, so awesome. my goal is to kind of 
keep the um, menu fluid and moving and rotating. And then also too, like, you know, right now, FDR is the Nutella shake because he was present during World War II and Nutella was founded um, during World War II by an Italian baker. But he probably won't always be the Nutella shake. You know, my goal is also to, you know, there's so much about each president that you can tie them to. And so I don't want them to be stuck with just one, except for Abe, because, you know, he's my favorite and totally I'm owning that one. Yeah. But the rest, you know, it's, it's the goal is for the menu to always be fluid and always be changing. And, you know, we'll have our standard, you know, vanilla, chocolate, peanut butter, but, you know, mixing some in and out. And then eventually I would love to do like a first lady line. Oh um, my gosh. Yes. You have to. And incorporate them. Yeah. No, I so. think that's great. I mean, as the flavors change, probably the trivia and fun facts about the presidents mm-hmm. will change. And and that's awesome, too, because people will have a chance to really learn more about the president through the changing of the shakes also, which I think, which I, I think it's a great idea. So what do you think you learned the most about yourself sort of going through this journey with the competition and then, you know, obviously now getting ready to open up your first storefront? What have I, I mean, honestly, I still feel like I'm learning a lot about myself. It's really been like an amazing, amazing experience. And it's honestly really amazing when you, when you're, like people are drawn to passion and people are drawn to like excitement and other. And I think I've noticed that, like, I've always known that like, you know, my family loves me and I have, I have great friends and yada, yada. But then to see, like, it's just amazing to me, the outpouring of love and support from mm-hmm. people and just like even strangers who are like, wow, this is like so awesome. Like, you know, here's a fun fact. I've gotten so many fun facts from people. And as far as what I've learned about myself, it's funny. I was thinking about this today and on one hand, well, A, I didn't realize how much I like things in order, <laughs> you know, and I don't really consider myself a type, like type A personality in terms of lists and everything. But through this process, it's like, I wow, I do like it. I'm like, this person did not email me back and I'm so annoyed. And then I realized, but I don't always email back in a timely manner either. So I'm just kind of like learning. I think just different quirks about myself. I think it's so interesting, like what you were saying before, you know, you know, your family loves you and they're there to support you and your friends and, and even sort of your extended, you know, sort of community of people who, who Mm -hmm. you know, through different phases of your life and, and then they come out and they support you. But when you start to get support from strangers or people that maybe you don't have a close relationship with that you wouldn't, you know, even expect to hear from, it's sort of, it sort of, I think stops you in your tracks and, and it sort of blows you away. I, that's sort of been my experience with different things in life is, you know, when you start to see other people kind of rally around you and support you and they're excited about your idea and they want to be part of it. I think that reignites the passion also and, and probably just helps you feel like, okay, I can do this, especially in those moments where maybe you do start to feel overwhelmed or am I doing the right thing? Can I handle this? I think, you know, remembering that community and sort of that support around you is, is really incredible and, and really important. And I've certainly learned that about myself too, going through different experiences and phases in my life is, you know, sometimes we forget about all those people, you know, even Mm -hmm. strangers. And I mean, I know part of the competition was people had to vote for milk house shakes. And I remember seeing, you know, you posted it on Facebook and then people we went to school with were posting it on Facebook and, Mm -hmm. you know, voting and telling their friends to vote. And I think it just goes to show, you know, people really want to support, support one another. For sure. And you know, people say like when you're in a relationship, it's like a mirror 
Yeah, totally. And that's kind of how I feel with this too. It's kind of like a mirror and seeing how I think they're seeing how you want things to go. And then, you know, you're kind of, it's brand new. So there's been times in this process so far, and it's only been like six months. I've been like, Ooh, I wish, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I had responded differently to this. And you know, I'm, I'm going to be a boss. You are. I'm going to have, I'm going to have employees. And I'm like, that's been something to think about. Oh, what what kind of boss do I want to be? And it's a little, you know, it's going to be different because I'm only 27. I'm going to be hiring people that aren't that much younger than me. And so thinking about that balance and I almost feel like I'm going to get a lesson almost from parenting too, you know, like just figuring all that out. I feel like it's exciting because there's, I'm continuing or I'm continuing to learn more about me, but then just knowing that this entire process is like one big refinement and I just, there's always going to be something new and there's always something new coming up. And so it's exciting. It's really exciting. It is a constant learning experience and, and what the point about, you know, what kind of boss do you want to be? I think there's a lot that we can learn from our own experiences. And I think you're, you're definitely doing that and sort of taking stock of what you've gone through and what you've learned along the way and, and sort of, you know, integrating it into the style that you'll have or you'll develop as, as time goes on. Yeah, definitely. You also just recently started in a, a new series in about SAC series on YouTube. So on there, are you also kind of integrating history? Is it more history about Sacramento though? Yeah. So the idea is kind of, um, kind of like, you know, Sacramento's Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give myself that title. Um, No, it kind of started actually my aunt. It's funny. um, Through the competition, we've had a lot of media opportunities. So I've been interviewed on some local news channels and I don't know if my family just dearly loves me or if, you know, I'm the next Kelly Ripa, but um, (laughs) my aunt was like, you should do TV. You know, if this doesn't work out, contact a local news station, be a news anchor. Like, well, that would be fun. But, um, (laughs) so this is kind of a way to kind of still like share history, but in a, I don't know, I think like, well, videos are just much more appealing and people are more prone to like, you know, watch a little short clip of a video. And, um, I just thought it'd be fun. You know, at work, we have this thing for your iPhone, for a camera. And I just wanted to use it one day. So my coworker and I went out and our first, my first segment was on the um, Rose Garden at Capitol Park. And it took us like 20 minutes. And then I just practiced editing at home. And um, I think it's cool. I love Sacramento. I tell everyone all the time, like Sacramento is so cool. It's the city of trees. We're now the farm to fork capital of America. Um, they seem like two very arbitrary titles, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to own it and go with it. So it's just kind of a cool way to just highlight you know, how cool our city is and how much history there is here. And then, so right now it's all about Sacramento history and then just kind of seeing where it goes from there and trying to tie it into other things. It's kind of my goal. And it's really, really basic right now. And it like entry level, I only have one video up. Ultimately, my goal is to kind of make the education side of the business more prominent as well. You know, not just milkshakes. I really do want to do some sort of education arm. And if, if it's through the About Sac series, if it's, I'm not sure which turn that might take, but I genuinely do enjoy learning history for myself and then sharing it with others. So just figuring out ways to do that. So um, about SAC is just kind of one of those one of those avenues. I think it's really cool that you've put yourself out there, you know, with a YouTube series. You and I were talking a little bit before, but 
putting yourself in front of a camera or having your voice be heard in ways that maybe you wouldn't have, you know, even a year ago, I think sort of to continue to grow and grow a business and, and put yourself out there, you have to do things that are sort of scary and different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think that's really awesome that you've started a YouTube series. I don't know if I could put myself in front of a camera. (laughs) I don't know if I could do it. It's surprisingly, I, I, it's so funny because I, I'm prone to like laughter at inappropriate moments and like, it is bad. Like I'm thinking, Oh crap, you know? And so I was like really nervous. I literally, before I would go on for, you know, the competition stuff, I'd be like, dear God, please. I pray I don't laugh. I pray I don't laugh. I pray. That was like my constant prayer through the whole thing. But when I, I think it's, you know, I'm sure you're finding with the podcast too. And it's something that you're genuinely passionate about and interested in. It just comes across whether that's on camera or through a podcast. And so I think in some ways it's not like, Oh, you're just giving a presentation in front of a class and you're so nervous you're talking about something you care about. And so it's a lot easier to not really register that you're on camera or that attention's on you. It's like, this is what I like and I'm just sharing it with you. And you know, we're just two friends talking over coffee. So, yeah, no, I think that's a good point, especially when you're passionate about something. It's interesting. The things that you sort of are willing to do or what you want to do when it's something that you're excited about. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, if you weren't excited about your shop and the concept and everything you have got going on, who knows if you would be doing, you know, any type of YouTube series at all. But we talked a lot about, you know, milk house shakes and the competition, but I'm wondering, you know, you're getting ready to start a new business basically and open up a storefront, which has got to be so much work. How do you balance, you know, your job right now and getting ready to open up milk house shakes and friends and family? It's actually been a lot harder than I thought, which I know seems like, well, no duh. I still work full time. And so I didn't think it would be, you know, I don't actually have the physical space of the shop yet. So I'm still going through lease negotiations. I actually just met with another contractor today. So I'm still in the very beginning stages. So it's, it's not like I can, you know, be in the store at all really right now. Um, so I didn't think it would really be that much time, but it is, it has been a learning experience on how to balance them both. Um, I still think I'm kind of learning it. And, you know, I told my friends and family, they all know that I'm going to be gone. You know what I mean? I'm going to miss birthdays Mm -hmm. next year. And even I'm going to miss parties and certain things, because that's just how it is for the first year. Like that's just what it's going to be. Um, but I really am trying to find ways. Like I actually went to the gym tonight embarrassed to say the first time since July 1st, Um, but I went, but even if I don't, I, I like to run or like doing something active. I try and do every, like a couple times a week just to get out of the house and do something. And then also just finding the balance, like mentally, physically, spiritually, all those things kind of work together. And I'm really active in my church and I volunteer with our high school ministry. And that's been really fun for me. And it's, it's a way for me to stay connected and grounded. And also it's it's like a stress reliever in itself too. Like, you know, I go and work with high schoolers two nights a week and I'm not worried about the shop. I'm not worried about other things because it's kind of their time you know, they need my attention during those times. And so it's just kind of finding other outlets has been really helpful for me. And, you know, I binge watch Netflix every now and then when I need a huge mental break and I'll just say, <laughs> screw it. These next two nights, I'm not doing one thing. I am watching my show. I just watched Riverdale. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I binge watched Riverdale, but, um, I probably should be more embarrassed that I haven't seen Riverdale. So 
I, I think you have nothing to be embarrassed about. <laughs> well, I often too, I felt slightly embarrassed and then also old. It's a CW show. And I thought, I thought it was very risque for CW. <laughs> like, Honestly, I, I, just, <laughs> I say this all the time. I'm just an 85 year old in a 26 year old's body, preach, but preach. everything that you're talking about, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's really honest to say that it's, that it's tough to balance everything. I think part of the society that we live in right now, everyone wants to come off as if they have everything handled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have everything handled and, you know, we don't need help. And I've, it's kind of this mentality of I've got it. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think it's really hard for a lot of people to be honest that no, it's kind of difficult. Actually take out kind of, it's difficult to balance everything. And half of the battle is having people in your life who are going to be understanding of that too. And understanding that, okay, within the first year of opening the shop, I'm not always going to be able to come to the things that I normally would be able to come to. And, And I think part of also what you're talking about too is just finding sort of maybe other outlets and things that help you stay grounded and and kind of staying accountable to yourself and, and taking care of yourself. For sure. I think I'm learning too, that it's okay to ask for help. And I think I'm learning to accept help too. I think, but I do think in our generation, like people are willing to help. And when someone usually says, Hey, do you need help with this? They genuinely mean it. You know, you're not going to have someone that is going to ask, but doesn't really want to. And so I think also finding that balance of asking for help and accepting you know, areas where people can help out is, um, I think that's a learning curve too. You know, you can't do it all and expect to be successful because you just, you're human. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen. So, um, it's, you know, finding those other outlets and asking for help, accepting help and, you know, going that way. Yeah. It's really hard to accept help, especially when you may not necessarily want to mm-hmm. ask for help. And then when people approach you and are offering to help, I think sometimes the first reaction is, why does it seem like I need help? Yeah. I think like a lot of people get really defensive. And then sometimes I think, like you said, we question whether or not people are, are sincere in, in their offer to help us. I, but you're right. I mean, why would you offer to help unless you really wanted to help? I think a lot of it is generational, like like you were saying, because I think we all want to do so much and we want to, we want to do it all right now. Mm-hmm. And we want to, we want to see results right away. And that's not how life works. Things take time. And, um, I even think the fact that you're planning to open up your shop pretty much right early next year, I think that's incredible that you're going to, you know, really get it off the ground. I think it sort of is a testament to when you are passionate about something, you go for it and, you want to handle it all and you want to balance it all and you want to do it all. So with all of that and just trying to balance everything, how do you, how do you stay true to yourself? You know, I actually, faith plays a really big role in my life. And so I feel like I'm constantly like in constant prayer in some way. And like, mm-hmm. I think it is hard to stay true to yourself. And I, that is one of my fears with, with the business is either letting it get carried away from me or, you know, gaining a huge ego or something. Like I'm really trying to like stay grounded and stay who I am. And I'm laughing as I say that like huge ego, like I'm not Oprah, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I get this it. Isn't like, I'm suddenly like, you don't want to let it go to your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I just, I think I stay to myself like through faith and through, um, prayer and, you know, my church community and my family and my friends. And I have great family and friends who aren't afraid to call me out on my stuff, you know? Yeah. 
even like my parents, I was home the other day and my dad goes, are you going to be in a bad mood with us? I'm like, <laughs> you're right. Are you in a bad mood? Yep. Touche. All right, dad. Thanks. You know, so like just having people in your life that are going to kind of walk the journey with you, but not be afraid to say, Hey, like, what's this, you know, and, or to call you out and, and just, I think it's important having people who know you too. So in those moments when you do feel flustered or like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? They can be like, Kelly, like, come on, let's think about this. And so I think just staying true to myself through fostering those relationships and, you know, maintaining, like I said, maintaining those outlets that are important to you. You know, I'm, I'm deciding how many hours the store should be open for and what days it should be open and realizing that, you know, that first year is going to be busy, but what is important to me. And like I mentioned, you know, high school ministry is important to me and we meet on Sunday evenings. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I close early on Sundays then if that's what that means, because that's something that is important to my life. And I, to me, I see that as being a positive long-term and not, you know, it's important to me. So I think just finding those, those areas in your life and evaluating what matters to you and just always coming back to that and saying, okay, is this, is this aligning with where I want to go and who I am. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point is part of staying true to yourself is maintaining the things in your life that bring you joy and and help you stay grounded. Because I think whenever we start something new, it's so easy to just sort of run with it and leave everything else that we were doing before that behind. Keeping your friends and your family and your faith and your church community and everything else, you know, carrying that with you as you move into this new journey, I think is so important to help keep your feet on the ground. And uh, you will never have an ego. There's no way that you're ever going to have an (laughs) ego, but I understand what you're saying. You know, you don't want to let it go to your head and, and allow it to sort of carry you away from who you really are. And I think those are really good points, you know, too, about having people in your life who will walk that journey with you. So, for someone who wants to start their own business and take the kind of risk that you've taken and, and really put themselves out there, what would be your biggest piece of advice? Jump in and don't think about it. I love that. <laughs> I think I think it's like as cliche as it sounds, if you think about it, it will just overwhelm you. And so just just jump in. I mean, yeah, I, I even like now, even thinking about like having the store actually open, which is you know, I'm hopefully President's Day, February 19th, mark your calendars. Um, <laughs> that's the goal. Even thinking about that, it can get overwhelming. So it's like, you can't even just go, you know, you don't know what you're doing. My business mentor was like, um, he said, I think I told you this too, when we were talking that it's not rocket science. You just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And I tell myself that daily. You know, I just met the contractor today and he was asking me this question and I swear to you, I was like smiling, like, oh yeah, like, oh, <laughs> let me check on that. No, I, I have no idea. I don't even know what it means. You know what I mean? So I have to like yeah. go home and Google it and figure it out. And so I think my biggest piece of advice is just go. I think milk house shakes, the thought of not doing it scared me more than the thought of doing it. Yeah. Like I didn't want to wake up when I was 50 and think, why didn't I do that? Cause it's been on my mind literally. I mean, I've graduated SC six years ago. Like it's been on my mind at least six years. And so to not do it was like more terrifying than actually doing it. And, you know, I I do feel very blessed and that I have a very supportive group of family and friends. And I know that like, if I fail, they're not going to love me any less. And I'm not going to, you know, live in a box on the street. Like I'm diving all in because I'm 27. And if I fail in two years, I'm 29, I'll figure something else out. Like, 
And I know that that's a luxury that, you know, I don't have children. I'm not married. Like I, I know that there are certain things that would inhibit people from doing that, but I would just say, go for it. I remember, um, last year, like praying, like, God, if this is what I'm supposed to do, make it glaringly obvious. And so on one hand, I'm like ecstatic that I won the competition because it's glaringly obvious. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, that's like, holy crap, I'm so terrified. But yeah, I think just going for it. Cause that's, that's part of life. You know, I, I think I've always been kind of afraid of being stagnant. And so, like I said, you know, the thought of teaching for the next 30 years was like suffocating. So if you have a dream, go for it, honestly, because you really have nothing to lose. What you said about, you know, being disappointed or upset with yourself, if you didn't go for the, for the store and you didn't go for the competition, I think that's really important too, is you don't ever want to live your life with having any regrets. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you didn't go for it, who knows, you know, maybe there would have been another opportunity, but, but maybe there wouldn't have been. And so I think your advice about just going for it and jumping in, I think, I think that applies to so many different things in life, because I think too often we get stuck in our heads and we talk ourselves out of things or we talk ourselves down from doing things. And the more we can get out of our heads and just trust in our ideas and what we want to do, I think the better. It's funny, growing up, I thought like, oh, what are you going to do when you get older? Oh, I'm going to go to college, get married, and then figure it out. Like, that was my idea was that I would go to college, not even get a job. It would be go to college, <laughs> get married, and then figure it out. Yeah. And, and so now I'm like, okay, that's not realistic or the real world. So I do think that like being in this position where I'm not tied down is a perfect time. Like I don't, if I had children that I had to feed, I don't, I would think twice about doing this. Or if I had a mortgage or, you know, the only bill I really have is my student loan bill, you know? Yeah. So like it is the right time. And it was one of those things If I don't do it now, then I really won't do it. And it's just, you know, you got to take the like leap. Jumping in. Yeah. You got to yeah, take the like, leap and go for it. You do. You do. So the one thing I didn't ask you, but I ask everybody this question, how, how do you find joy in your day-to-day life given just how busy you are? You know, it's hard. Something I think is a daily, it's hard. I think it's, it's really easy in our culture to get caught up in, oh, I'm so overwhelmed or I have this to do. And there's, I think we talked about this too. There's so much negativity in our world. And there's this time when I was feeling really anxious. And my mom was like, you know, a lot of times when you're feeling anxious, it's because you're looking in on your life and your life is the center and you're just seeing your problem and how only can do that. And so in that moment, reach out to someone else and give a compliment to someone else and offer to help someone else. And so I don't do that regularly. Like, you know, I, I think we do get caught up in that and that is a a conscious choice and a conscious decision. And so I think every day I'm trying to like find ways of where finding joy and just being kind to someone and, and being present, you know, my, um, coworker, Michelle, who's also become one of my best friends. We go through, we go for a daily walk pretty much at lunch every day. We'll go walk the Capitol. And just a lot of times we, talk about random stuff or we lament about something, but just trying to find positivity in something in everyday things. Cause it's just so easy to get caught up in stuff. I mean, even just honestly, even just buying a Frappuccino, which sounds so <laughs> silly, but the joy and just stepping out of the office and walking to Starbucks and taking a 15 minute break and buying a dark mocha peppermint Frappuccino, which is phenomenal <laughs> and just enjoying that, you know, yeah. so I you know it's silly, but and also, too, I try and think about what my mom said about helping others and finding a way of 
you know, reaching out to someone, even if it's just like shooting a text to someone, I do feel like if someone's been on your mind a lot, you know, just shooting them a quick text. And it actually makes me feel good too of like, and not even in like a, Oh, look what I did kind of way, but in a like, Oh, like I'm connecting with someone who's important in my life. And so just even daily things like that. Yeah. Just doing things that you know will sort of uplift your spirits. I mean, for me, it's taking a walk. It's putting on my uh, Broadway Pandora station, which is like a total <laughs> instant mood booster all the time. For sure. Not afraid to I think lame. Oh, I sing lame is all the time. Oh, yeah. I break out in lame all the time. It is, it is the mood booster. You it, can't help but it really smile. Is. And I am, I am obsessed with Hamilton. I have been obsessed with Hamilton for like a year and a half. And so if I'm ever in a bad mood, I joke with my mom. I'm like, let's just put on this song. It'll, I'll be fine in three minutes and 47 seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's about doing things that, you know, you will remind yourself that everything's okay. And there's a lot going on in the world and there's a lot going on in our lives, but we can still find ways to sort of lift our spirits and and bring joy. It all, I think just kind of ties into like, like having grace with yourself and having grace with others. And it's one thing to say, but it is hard. Like it, it, I am so far from perfect when it comes to doing that. Like there are times when I'm just, you know, I'm in a crappy mood and there are times when she's like, I'm in a crappy mood. I don't want to see anyone. I don't do anything. And I don't want to denote that or take away that, you know, sometimes it is valid. Like sometimes Sometimes you are feeling down or something does happen and, and it is important to have self care and moments like that. But, um, I think like giving yourself grace and acknowledging those moments, but then also working towards there's, there's other people out there and there's other things happening too. And, um, I also think it helps to dealing with others and someone snappy with you and thinking, Ooh, I've been there too, where I've snapped and I haven't meant to, or my mind was elsewhere and I've just, I'm something's happening and you just kind of get a little snarky or something like that. So, you know, having grace with yourself and others. I really love what you said, showing grace to yourself and others. I think it's just so important and having compassion. I think the more kindness and patience and the more grace that we show to one another, I think, gosh, I mean, can you imagine a world if we lived in where, where that was sort of the protocol as opposed to what we have right now? I just think it would be a a different, kinder world. It just goes to show like how hard that is though and how much it is a conscious decision and a conscious effort. And there are days when it's like, oh yeah, I got this. I'm good. And there are days it's like, oh, I'm failing the world today. Yeah. You know? so, and it's a constant process. And for sure, and it kind of reminds me of the title of this podcast, Seek the Joy. I mean, it's a constant process and a journey and a learning experience, you know, to get to a spot where you feel joyful and you feel good and you're following your passion. And I mean, you're a great example. You know, this is something you've been thinking about for a long time, but it ebbed and flowed and had its ups and downs and, you know, seeking, you know, what really fills you up. It it takes time and, and it's a journey. For sure. What is your biggest dream? Does Mary Tim Tebow count? Yes, it does. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Honestly, I want to see the shop grow. I know that I entered this competition in the one store, but I'm already thinking how the second store, I want to actually make my own ice cream and have it be big enough for that. And then do I want to franchise? So my goal is to see, to see this business grow. Yeah. That's my ultimate dream would be to see, I would like to see a milk house shakes in every capital city. And then also downtown Disney so that I can get free Disneyland passes whenever I want. Honestly, the way I look at it is 
you sort of put it out into the universe, you know, and you work towards it and, and it can happen. I think that's an awesome dream and I'm a big fan of the downtown Disney location, <laughs> which is super convenient for me considering I'm still in LA, but it will grow. And I think the fact that you're already envisioning where it will go, I have no doubt it will get there. Oh, thank you. So before we go, where can everyone find information about Milk House Shakes? Yeah, definitely. So um, you can check out the website, milkhouseshakes.com. I have a list of the um, flavors I have so far. It gives a little um, kind of a little talk about the competition and like some of the local press that's been about that. But then you can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Milk House Shakes. And Every Friday, I do a Fun Fact Friday. Um, I post it on Instagram and Facebook. And so it's just kind of a way, you know, to start sharing my um, historical facts through that. And I also share a lot about, I don't really have too many store updates just yet, just because I'm still in the leasing process. Um, but once I'm st- once we start the build out and things get moving, there'll be tons more of store updates and it'll be a way to follow that progression. That sounds awesome. Okay. So I will include all of that information in the show notes for this episode. And I just, this has been such a fun conversation. I've loved learning more about milk house shakes and it's been great to hear just sort of, you know, what that journey was like for you. So this was a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This has been so fun. 